Hi everyone, I'm Sally Prosser and I'll be your tour guide today. Over the next 20 minutes, I'll take you through the sights, scents and sounds. Ah, you know what, actually it's just sounds. We're talking voice on this podcast. And helping me on this tour is someone who's been in the tour guide business for many, many years. Are you ready to go? I'm Sally Prosser. You're listening to That Voice Podcast. No matter who you are or what you do, your voice matters. So unless you've sworn a lifetime vow of silence, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode 39 of That Voice Podcast. I'm chatting to Kyle Barnes. So I met Kyle after Christmas. I was traveling around New Zealand's North Island, so beautiful, with my boyfriend Patrick, and we wanted to check out the glowworm caves. They're really cool. I'd highly recommend checking them out if you haven't already. And we found ourselves on this lovely tour with a company called Cave World. We toured the Foot Whistle Cave, and our guide, Kyle, was so entertaining and personable, and he made the whole experience just great. You know how when you're on tours, you can often just feel like a number in a group? By the end of the tour with Kyle, we felt like we were his friends, and it was just beautiful. And when I was doing the tour, I thought to myself, I'm going to get Kyle on my podcast. And here it is. Kyle Barnes, welcome to That Voice Podcast. Thank you, Sally. Cheers. Good to be here. My first question is always the same. It's could you do your job if you lost your voice? Well, I, I wouldn't be a very good guide if I, uh, if I, if I had no voice. It's, it's a pretty important part of the trip. Um, we have to give descriptions and, and tell people all about the, the formations, the glowworms and uh, a few safety briefings along the way. And just uh, articulating the story of, of the cave and the trips really important. So that, no, I couldn't do much without my voice. Yeah, I was thinking about this and I thought you could have a tape recorder playing, but it would just wouldn't be the same, would it? How do you see the role of your voice in what you do? Um, so I think using your voice is, is important because it sets the pace of the tour. Um, I started years ago, we would do things like blackwater rafting. That, that was where I started out guiding. And people would turn up and say, you, you had to be full of, full of go and jazz. And it was like, okay, folks, let's go. Come over here. We'll give you your wetsuits. Okay. And you, you found if you spoke quickly and full of enthusiasm, everyone sort of got into it. And then uh, because we now do private tours and small group tours, it's about slowing it down and, and just um, taking your time, helping people in and, and giving people time to, to just experience the cave and the trip. So I think it's, it's, it's everything. It's the speed of your voice. It's how you use your voice. Um, yeah, it's, it's lots of different things. There is lots to think about. And how do you adjust for different groups depending on people's level of English or ability to understand Kiwi? Uh, yeah, well, that's it, eh? this, this <laughs> terrible accent. But when we start the tour, what I, what I do is I'll always ask people where they're from when they, first, when they first turn up. And generally, you can gauge by their reaction um, and how they, they, they speak back to you, whether they've understood the question, how well they understand English. Um, and, you know, yeah, that, that, that sort of gives you a base level to, to start the tour on. Um, which is fairly helpful. If, if people look blankly at you, uh, you, you say, you know, are you from Australia? 
<laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. So, um, no, but if, if people are, are looking blankly or they don't understand you, then you have to slow it right down. And we get a lot of people from non-English speaking customers are, are a large portion of the market. And so, yeah, that's a very, um, that, that's something we deal with every day. And I understand now you're running a small tour with groups of about 10 or 11, but you have done tours at a larger cave where there was a lot more people going through. How are the challenges there different for your voice? Yeah, so when we're doing trips through the, the main Glowham Cave, I worked there for about five years and would have groups of up to 50 people on a tour. And you could have up to 300 people in the cave at once. And so it was always a little bit of a job because you had to speak loud enough so that your group could hear you, but not that you were drowning up the group behind you or the group in front of you. And um, depending on whether people understood English or, or if they were elderly or, you know, how, how close they liked to get in, because some groups that didn't like to be close to each other would, would spread out in the cave. And so you'd say, come forward, folks, we'll just try and get everyone nice and close and, and they'd, they'd sort of hang back. So I'd always try and speak to the last person in the group so that as long as I was talking and projecting my voice out to that last person, and I've got a fairly large, booming voice, it, it would sort of it would sort of go over everyone. I, my my biggest problem was making sure I wasn't drowning out the guy behind me. <laughs> yeah, and I guess people would usually tell you if they couldn't hear you. Yeah, and 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 you did you did get that, and and people would they'd stand back at the at the end of the tour and they'd say say guide we can't hear you and they'd be, they're <laughs> holding their ears like this and and um it is really difficult particularly for elderly people that that come on a trip if they're in a group of 50 it's a pretty large number and if they're stuck at the back of that group we'd just say come forward folks we'll just oh if you can't hear me i'll just get your way make your way down to the front um and so you try and solve it like that yeah, it's one of those things you'd learn by doing. And you've been doing this for many, many years. Your father did it for many years. It's a family business. Yes. What do you say to younger tour guides who are just starting out and might be a bit apprehensive or a bit nervous? I think what, what I've found is, is the, the most common thing that people do when they're in front of people is they talk really quickly. And it's something you do when you're nervous and quite often you understand what you're saying, but, but the customers, they're hearing it for the first time. And what's really difficult about being a guide is you're saying a similar thing day in and day out. And so you can get comfortable with just running through it quite quickly. And so to break that down and, and to make sure you just do it nice and slowly and clearly is actually the quickest way of doing things. My, my brother-in-law was a guide. Um, his name was Robin and, and I guided with him for years and he was just brilliant at it. I used to turn up and, we would do blackwater rafting guiding together and I'd be going, this way, folks, we'll go over here. The toilets are here. The, the coat hangers are here. Come and he'd turn up and he'd go, right, this is your jacket. You unzip it like this. You zip it up like this. And I just used to think, wow. But by the time I did it quickly three times and had to repeat myself, <clears throat> excuse me, and explain myself a couple of times, and he would always just say it once and say it really clearly, um, and, and people got it and I've used that technique and I tell you what people that know me would see me on a tour and think I'm talking incredibly slowly but tourists enjoy it because they're hearing it for the first time it's all new information uh, it takes a while for, 
you know, that you've got that language barrier and that accent barrier. And so to speak slowly and clearly and, and take your time is important for a number of reasons. For sure. When you're saying the same thing every day or multiple times a day, how do you get into that mindset of making it fresh and exciting for every new group? Um, <clears throat> so I, I just find people really different and really interesting. And so for me, it's not about um, necessarily doing all the talking. I, I ask a lot of questions and find out where people are from, and I'm, I'm genuinely interested in that. And um, that, that's what I've said to guides in the past is people think a good guide is one that's can hold court and, and sort of say a lot of things, but actually the, the best guides I've found are those that are interested in others and that ask questions uh, that listen well and let other people finish before they, they speak. And for, for me, that's, I started off firmly in that other camp where I just used to hold court and tell jokes. And I didn't actually like the quiet times because I thought my job was to fill every bit of silence and uh, with, with the cave tour now, as I've, I've gotten a bit older and matured, I've worked out one of the guides that I was training years ago, I said, what was the best part of that trip? And she said, oh, it was just when we were quiet and I could hear the dripping water and just look at the glowworms. And I thought, wow, because, you know, you spend a lot of time as a guide trying to be better and trying to crack the odd joke or having a bit of humor or working with your crowd. And so if the most value that you could actually do is to say nothing, then that's a challenge and to try and create those times of quietness where you just stop. People can just listen to the cave. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of the opposite of what you think it is sometimes. Yeah. I love that. What fantastic advice. And that can be applied to a lot of different speaking scenarios in what you, what you don't say is often more important than what you do say. It's those pauses. Sure. So my boyfriend Patrick and I did the tour earlier this year between Christmas and New Year and we really felt seen. That was one of the great things about the tour. Often when you're travelling around, you're constantly feeling like you're in these big groups and you're being farmed around. Sure. So you definitely have that skill of making everybody feel like they matter. And there was part of the tour, we enjoyed the whole thing. It was one of the highlights of the trip. But one of the things we really enjoyed was in the tour when you got a couple of things out and everyone's thinking, what's going to be happening here? And you're telling us the story and the suspense is building. And then next thing, you line up the magnesium. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that something that you practised over many times? Yeah, and, and I mean, I try and be fairly perceptive. We're always trying to make the tour better. And so that is a nice little story. And I mean, I've even taken friends down. I kind of apologize because I say, have a seat. I'll tell you a little story. And so I suppose it is a little bit of theater. We, we don't, um, we don't try and make the tour theatrical at all because it, it, it's really authentic and it's, it's sort of old, old school and, and back to basics and, and come and see the cave in its natural state. But we like to be able to um, tell, oh, I like to tell that story and all the guides, try different things and they have different ways of interpreting things. They have different pauses and different things they do. And uh, because we've got very small groups, you're getting feedback on every group and sometimes things work really well. And sometimes they just fall flat. Like I've, I've told jokes or done things and it just doesn't work and you don't do it <laughs> yeah, again. I hear you there. <laughs> sometimes people just go, wow, 
and you, you know you've got them. You know, if everyone's quiet and they're looking at you and, and it just works, you know, this is great. And so I just try and fine-tune that and, and replicate that and, and make it a bit better and, you know, just, just work with the base of that. And so, yeah, I, I think a couple of those stories are pretty good, eh? What is the story that you tell right before the magnesium lights up? What is the story? Um, I'm just trying to think because I'm not in the cave. If I, if I was in the cave, but, but I will, I'll, I'll get there. You might just have to edit this little blank bit out, Sally. <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking um, the, the caves were discovered in 1887 and the first guided tours here in Waitomo started in 1889. In those very early tours, the guides would, would take one of these candles and they'd light the candle and they'd walk through the cave and this was all the light they'd have. When it came to a large cavern like this, that the candle wouldn't really light it up. So the guide would use one of these and, and then I, I pull out the magnesium flare and I show everyone and, um, and they'd do this and then you just wait and then you just light the whole, whole cave up and everyone goes, wow. And I, I think it's the contrast because it goes from very dark to a booming light. It's, it's kind of the pauses. It's the quietness. It's yeah, it's, it's everything. Yeah, it was fantastic. And with, with the pandemic, tourism has been hit harder than a lot of industries. How are you coping? Yes, yeah, so of course, we've gone, from, um, we've, we've gone from doing people every day to, to zero revenue. Um, we, we're doing no one. We, we were shut down for the last seven or eight weeks. Um, we're hoping to open up again next week. Um, New Zealand has decided that, that we've, we've still got our borders closed for, for I don't know how long. We're hoping to open a trans-Tasman bubble and, and be able to have a few of you Aussies come over and, 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 and share in, in what is a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, so we're just going to start with just opening weekends. You know, I think everyone's um, balance sheets have, have been hit in, in this uh, thing. So even New Zealanders, we're thinking, may only start uh, holidaying in the weekends. People are a little bit nervous to travel. We were doing a maximum of 10 people on a trip. We're going to limit that down to only six people on a trip. So we've got the social distancing. We're going to have to buy a hand sanitizer, rewash the vans, make sure we've, we've, we're following um, all the rules and keeping people safe just, just for this next little while. But we're, we're hoping things will return to normal again um, one day and, and we'll be able to look after people again from all over the world. Oh, Kyle, yeah, I've really been feeling for you. And coronavirus hit pretty close to home for you, didn't it? Yeah, so my, my partner, Trieste, um, yeah, so she she went down to the uh, a wedding and she was at the part of the Bluff Cluster, which was the largest um, largest cluster in, in New Zealand. So I think there was about thirteen or 1,400 people in New Zealand. I think there was 93 from that one wedding um, that, that ended up with coronavirus. And so... Uh, just here in Waitomo, there was uh, two or three people, three or four people actually with, with coronavirus. And so, yeah, thankfully she had almost no symptoms. Um, and yeah, it was, was fairly fine as were um, a lot of the people that sort of around that were middle-aged and, and fairly healthy. But um, for those that are a lot older, of course, it, it hits them fairly hard. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's a tough time, isn't it? So when things do eventually open up, where should people go to find your fantastic tour? So they can jump online, have a look, uh, www.caveworld.co.nz and they'll see it's the Foot Whistle Cave Tour, small groups, private tours. Jump on there, have a look. There's a little bit of a video 
um, and it'll show me um, talking on there and, and it'll show a few of those highlights, even lighting that magnesium flare. I think that's in there somewhere. Um, and yeah, that, that gives you a good idea of, of what we provide here. Just amazing glow-in displays, like displays you'll never see anywhere else in the world. Um, the cave's quite pretty. We allow photography. Um, and, and as Sally said, you'll, you'll get a, a, a great short tour. There's only four, four of us here that guide, myself, my father, my brother-in-law, and a lady that's been guiding with us for years. And um, yeah, we've all got a good story to tell. And hopefully your daughter soon as well. I think I met her when we, we had the tea. You get tea on this tour. Yeah. Kawa tea. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's uh, something special we do at the end in the tea hut. And yeah, my daughter was working there over summer. That's right. She only works for a couple of weeks a year, just in that real busy time, just helping with the tea. And um, I remember saying to her, you will be in there tour, tour guiding in no time. And she said, no, no, I'm too nervous. And I said, you and I need to chat. You, there. <laughs> you could probably give her a, a few tips, Sally. Absolutely. Kyle, was there anything else you'd like to add? No, I can't, I can't think of anything. I'd just like to say thanks for having us on. It's, it's, it's really great. Um, and, yeah, we wish you all the best with, with, uh, with the podcast. Thanks for your kind words and, and your... Um, and for coming and doing the tour. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. And I'll put all those details in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you, Sally. Take care. Little secret. The first time I chatted to Kyle, it didn't record properly. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness. I felt so terrible to have to ask Kyle if we could do it all over again. But he was so awesome and agreed to do it. No worries at all. So, Kyle, I really, really appreciate it. Kyle mentioned accents is one of the challenges with tour guiding, and accents get mentioned a lot in my line of work. It's often to do with mindset. You know, they say, Sal, people can't understand my accent. You know, I worry I can't say the word properly with my accent. And usually... I say, it's not your accent. So next week, I'll explain what I mean. Thanks for listening to That Voice Podcast. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, screenshot and message me on Instagram at Sally Prosser Voice, I will share it on my stories.